Welcome to the Serie A Show. Hello, everybody. We are back for another episode of the Serie A Show. We hope you are doing well. Chloe Nima, incredible week. Again, with these multiple matches per week, it's really difficult to like stay up to date and sort of think back to what happened. But all eyes, it seemed like, were on Atalanta Juve, which, again, in terms of entertainment, I don't know if you're getting much better than Atalanta at the moment. It ends 2-2. Two to two. Nima, I'll just start with the penalties. Juve were awarded two of them. I will let you take this because I saw your tweets. I know you were you feel very strongly about this, so take it yeah. away. No, I do. I do. And, and the thing is that, look... Uh, they're both clear penalties based on how the rules are today. And, you know, I, I don't like the rules. I think they're, you know, they're, they're a bit, they need clarification because right now there's, I mean, the fans don't know what's going on. It doesn't seem to, and, and that's fine. But as long as the players and the coaches and, and people involved in football do, but they don't seem to know either. And the referees don't seem to know. And there's a discrepancy between every game or, you know, earlier in the season and now. And that's the issue for me. It's 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 the lack of consistency and clear interpretation and application of the rule. And but both are penalties. I think. I mean, the excellent Luca Marelli, who I you know, it's worth learning Italian just to follow him. Is is quite simply he he put it he explained it so brilliantly in his uh, in his uh, in his homepage and blog post why that is a penalty. Uh, both penalties. I mean, the Muriel one. He was. He said, if he, you know, <laughs> he, did, he barely spent three seconds on that. He was like, look at the picture. That's a penalty, and it is a, you know, and, and you know. So to me, that's there's not much to talk about. So, but I, but I mean, there's no doubt that Atalanta have have reasons to be to feel, you know, disappointed because they were much better than Juve. They completely dominated that game. Much to my surprise, to be honest, I didn't think they would be that dominant. I didn't think they would dominate, but they really did. Chloe, what did you make of it, as Nima just said? I thought Atalanta were better. I think it would be very difficult to argue against that. Were they hard done by that final result? Um, it, it's, it's difficult because a lot of us are rooting for Atalanta. And I guess that's what made the penalties difficult to swallow for some people. But like Nima said, according to the rules those were two penalties. Uh, you can't say otherwise. And, you know, I actually don't mind the rule in the fact that it does take away, um, you know, this like in the past where we were saying, was it ball to hand or was mm. it, you know, that kind of, it seemed very ambiguous in the past and it, and it does now make it more clear the only problem is, as ever, in Italy, the referees, even though it's their job, don't seem to know the rules. I mean, <laughs> not that it should be really, really clear, right? If if your arms are away from your body and the ball hits any part of your arm from your shoulder downwards is a penalty. Uh, so you've got to keep your arms in line with your body. You've got to keep them behind your back or whatever so that so that you don't get a penalty awarded against you. But the, in the Fiorentina match, not that it really mattered, um, because Fiorentina are obviously not going anywhere mid-table, there was a very clear incident that was the same exactly as, as what had happened in the Juve match that didn't get given. 
And it's not conspiracy. It's not anything because this was, let's face it, a pretty meaningless game. It's Mm. just that the referees are not doing their job properly when it's been made really much simpler for them. And and that's the annoying thing for me. Yeah. So the thing that bothered me was there were some neutrals who, when they saw those two penalties awarded, they kept saying, oh, typical Juve. I saw them bring up Calciopoli, and it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, listen, I... I'm a, I, I love a conspiracy theory as much as the next person. <laughs> but we have to remember, Juve have been on the receiving end of this rule because, hold on, if if you want to take issue with the rule, you're complaining to the wrong person. It's not the city of referees. Go over to IFAB. They're the ones who are – they're the enemy in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're the ones who came up with it. Well, we've seen Juve on the receiving end of this one a number of times. Just Did we forget what happened against me? Milan? Yeah. Yeah, the week before, and yeah. if if anybody if anybody is looking for somebody who is receiving a lot of penalties, we know where to look, don't we? And it's not Juve. I mean, well, I, it's not it's not in Milan and Turin. It's not in any of those cities. Uh, <laughs> oh boy! No, but seriously, anyway. I mean, I, no, but seriously, I mean, it's, I think I find it ridiculous. I mean. Look, I, I think our, the, a good friend of ours, David Amoyal, said it best. I don't understand why, when he says that. Why, why do you waste your time watching a league if you think it's rigged? And I got to yeah. agree with that. Like, this isn't the 1990s. That was so in your face and what happened happened afterwards, right? But this is, this is not how it is because it clearly is goes against some teams and for some teams back and forth. And, and, and it's, I, really, I really don't see any... Uh, malfede, as the Italians say. I don't see any malicious behavior here. I see incompetence, and I see a league that, as John always so brilliantly brilliantly says, can't get out of its own way. Mm. Um, and the communication that they're—they are the worst at communicating. Um, and we have so many examples of that. And I just find it so draining to 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 listen to this. And 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 I just hope that now I read that Colina's getting involved, and I and I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. Whenever Pierluigi Colina gets involved, it's good because the guy is brilliant. And I hear that he's getting involved and he's educating himself personally. I think he's kind of, you know, sidestepping, not sidestepping, but he's kind of running over Rizzoli here, who is useless, <laughs> let's be honest. So so I think he's, he's going to basically take this and matters into his own hands and say, look, dear children, this is a penalty. This is not a penalty. Are we all like on the same page here? And that's good. That's good. That can only be good for the league. But well, you're I mean, not going to take remind- any shit from him, are you? Oh no, 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 no! no. <laughs> it's like you know. I, I think it was. Um, I think it was Mehmet Scholl in Bayern Munich who said he was afraid of God and Oliver Kahn. I'd say I'm afraid of God and Pierluigi Colina. Like he's <laughs> that stare. Like you know, he could break you down by just looking at you hardly, like in that way. So no. So I, I think it's a. Good, I think you know we should remember this is the first year of this rule. Um, it, there, it's much more clearer now than it was before. I think that they will, you know, when when he gets involved and the competent people get involved and fix it, I think this could actually go out, turn out really well in the end. You guys brought up this whole Atalanta winning the Champions League thing, okay? Yes, we did. They drew PSG. So listen, okay, I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm also not not saying 
It's impossible. Are you You're changing not... your tune? Yeah, I was going to no. <laughs> Okay, here's the thing, okay? Atalanta are a very well-oiled machine, okay? But in the end, Palomino is still Palomino. I, I just, all these names, if you look at some of these guys that are playing these huge roles for them in the team, it's so weird because it's not like any of them have had stellar careers, right? I mean, so I, I look at somebody like Rafael Taloy. He was at Roma. They had an option to buy him. They didn't activate it. He returned to Brazil for a couple of years, and then he goes to Atalanta. It's no, it, it, it's not meant as an insult, but certainly not a career where you're like, oh my god, uh, Atalanta. They have this guy who played at you know uh, Real Madrid or something. It's just very weird to me that they have this cat. It's like a cast of throwaway toys. Yeah, it is. It really is. Are in this place at this singular moment, and it's just working. And part of me thinks that regardless of how absurd I think the possibility of them winning the Champions League actually is, I wouldn't put anything past them because there is something there. I don't want anybody to send bangs bow jokes. I'm not referring to bangs bow <laughs> or any sort of doping when I say that. <laughs> but seriously, it, it's weird because, again, guys like Pasalic, who was at Chelsea, he gets sent on 300,000 different loan spells. But at Atalanta, it just works. Same thing I about just don't, Papu I don't understand it. That's the thing. It's so interesting. That's a really interesting point you bring up because you can say that about everyone from Gasperini, who you know, who's been everywhere, failed at Inter, was the with the youth team. Palermo. Called. I mean, yeah. this guy. Yeah, and, and 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 he did good at Genoa, but here he's peaking. You can say the same thing about. Papu Gomez, who was at Catania, and then he was in Russia, and then he comes back to Atalanta and turns out to be fantastic. Ilicic, you know, decent at Palermo, or good at Fiorentina, explodes here. I mean, all these places, it's like exactly like you say, it's like that show when I was growing up, the throwaway toys, where they just, you know, every, all of them just, they just work together. It just the works together. The raggy dolls, do you mean? The raggy dolls, yeah, that's Oh my one. God, that was so like, good. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> I love that show when I was a kid. That is Atalanta from now on, are the raggy dolls. Yeah, the raggy dolls. And, and, they, and it really works. And, <laughs> and, they, and they play some damn good football. I mean, look at Muriel, Lecce, then Fiorentina, then Sevilla. Same thing there. It's just weird because all these guys, it's not like you have a superstar who excelled at another huge club you have all of these guys who by all standards and measurements they're not bad players but none of them are out of this world or at least they haven't shown it anywhere else but here they are at this time at this place at this club in Bergamo of all places but for this this thing I'm doing the air quotes this thing to be happening in Bergamo at Atalanta a club that has yo-yoed up and down between the Serie A and Serie B for how many years for this to be taking place there is still mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing. Uh, I was going to say, I mean, if you think about, like, if after Hurricane Katrina and the Super Bowl, like in American sports, uh, I mean, New Orleans won the Super Bowl after that. And if you think about how, I mean, the Bergamo was the city that was hit the hardest um, by the coronavirus. Uh, and, and you know, I mean, it's, I don't know, there's just so much... So much going on there. And, and, and I mean, you know, again, Duvan Zapata rejected firmly by Napoli, did all right at Sampdoria, comes to Atalanta and turns into some sort of, I don't know, some sort of poor man's Lukaku. Lukaku like. I mean, that goal was vintage yeah. Zapata. Mm. Vintage. 
muscling somebody off. I, I, it's incredible to me that the level that they're playing at, all of these individuals, the level that they're at collectively is incredible to me. I can't get past it. It's the same story with the players that they've sold as well. Like They all did brilliantly well while they were playing at Atalanta, but I don't think anybody that they've sold in the last couple of years has really worked out. I mean, you think like Gagliardini, Spinazzola, Conti. Conti. Um, okay, Kessie Ke- is playing well at the moment, but... Um, Cristante. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's thoroughly depressed by that one, John. Oh, my God. <laughs> but these were all brilliant, brilliant guys when they were at they... Atalanta, and, and the big clubs wanted them, and now they've gone. Caldara, Caldara. Another yeah, one, yeah, and he's back now, and he's playing well yeah. again. It is the Raggy Dolls. They are the Raggy Dolls. I yeah. think we we, we, we don't really need to work are. out who is Sad Sack, the one that's always <laughs> I think, I think that to be honest. I was it's probably say, Gasparini. I was yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah. Gasparini. I was gonna say. <laughs> okay, but okay, we know the draw now. They've got PSG. All right. Now I we can't sit here and pretend that PSG has an attack anywhere near anything they faced in the city. I, I I think we at least have to acknowledge that. Yeah. But I have to tell you, they're going to be facing a team that, regardless of what people tell you, I just don't know how you can remotely be even close to being in form after your season ends. Yeah. You're going to be playing non-competitive friendlies. And this is like, if you could pick a month where you would not want to face this Atalanta team. It's now. I mean, barring <laughs> barring major injuries, barring two or three catastrophic injuries, this is going to be tougher for them than they think. And I... I I've seen people do a couple of things. I've seen people maybe overrate Atalanta a little bit, and I've seen people maybe underrate PSG, overrate PSG, while also underrating and or overrating Atalanta. <laughs> it's very weird. So mm. you're getting in on both ends. I like their chances. I'm just going to say, I like their chances against PSG. They may they may get pummeled 7-0, okay. but John, I, I, John, I, I like okay. the chances. John, it's okay to change your mind. <laughs> no, I'm not changing my mind. I don't think they will win the Champions League. No, no, we didn't say that. We said that we there. We we think they have a good chance to, and that they're our dark horse. And I still think that. And I think this draw, if anything, I've spoken to Chloe, and we we kind of agree on this that PSG suits them so well. Like it's an yeah. attacking team. They they will have acres of space to attack as well. This, this game can go anywhere. This game could end five five six six. Like honestly, it really could. But see. And, Sorry, if you think about it this way, it's like um, it, for PSG, they've had more than a month of not playing. It's like in a normal season, having your having your normal break and then having your pre, pre-season couple of friendlies and then straight bang into a Champions League quarterfinal. It's, it's crazy for them. Like, I don't know. You know, you see the level of teams and you saw the level of play on the first couple of Serie A games after the break, it wasn't that good. And it's taken a little while to improve. And I think PSG are going to struggle in that respect because they've not played competitive games in a long time. Yeah, I I completely agree. And too, I don't know if you saw like the way it worked out, but if they can get past PSG... You see, that's where I think they'll struggle because, you see, I think if Atletico Madrid get through, they, I mean, Simeone has this ability to completely shut down team, teams and games. And and that's that'll be, I think they will struggle there a lot. Uh, I think for me, not because I think Atletico are a better team than PSG, but I think just because of the style they have, I think Atletico Madrid doesn't suit Atalanta as good as PSG does. 
Uh, and I think if they play them, they will struggle. I don't know. Okay. What, do you, what do you think, Chloe? Um, I think in a lot of ways, T. I mean, obviously only teams, Italian teams, but other teams have tried to stifle Atalanta. And the way that they mm. attack is not really like the way any other side attacks. And they, they sort of go forward hunting in packs and in numbers. <laughs> and yeah, they really do. And... To, to to try and stifle that, I think, would be very difficult because if you, right, we'll shut down this player, well, then another player pops up. You know, they've got this, like, they just come at you and come at you and it's relentless. Uh, you, I, and I'm it's not in so saying many different that, ways. And yeah, so many different yeah. Ways. yeah like you said. And then, you know, you, you just think, all right, I think we've got the measure on the game. And he brings on three subs and it's like <laughs> Zapata, Ilicic and um, Malinovsky. And you're like, what the hell? It's... God, the shot on Malinovsky. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, what a player. He is so good. But that's the thing too. You don't know what to make of these guys individually because like if your club buys them, you just have that thought in the back of your head. Like what is the bad Gamal? Like, what is that extra oomph that they get there that probably won't be delivered at your club? Um, and maybe I'm just saying that because I have some of the worst PTSD <laughs> with Brian Cristante, who is, without a question, one of the most useless players I've ever seen in my life. What and is he doing as a central defender in the back three? What did I just witness what, last week, like the other week? Well, it's what? hilarious because he played he played behind the striker at Atalanta. He scores nine goals. Roma purchased him. Uh, they put him as a mediano, which is like a defensive midfielder. Then they put him as central defender. So a few more weeks, he might be between the posts. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't know. But it, it's incredible. You, you don't know whether these guys are fool's gold or whether like it, it's so hard. And it's very unfair to them, to a lot of them, because I think a lot of them are talented. But I don't know. It, it's just it's, so crazy to me that all so of them weird. are making this work. It's so weird that the only players that – not the only players, but this, the biggest examples of former Atalanta players who are actually doing well at other clubs are players that didn't fit and got to play at Atalanta. Bastoni, Kulusevski. These are, the, I mean, it's so weird. It just it just reinforces the Ragidol thing even more, I think. Well, I have to say Gianluca Mancini and Ibanez. Yeah, that's, that's true. Ibanez is this guy that they purchased. Roma purchased him from Atalanta in January, and I think he made one appearance for the club in the, in the time he was there. And he's done phenomenally well in the in his last like three starts with Roma. He's been really really good. But, Mancini, but yeah, that's a good Mancini. Mancini's, Mancini's been good too. Mancini's yeah, and, been good too. And he's uh, and he's um and he's and he's the glaring exception that confirmed the rule because he played a lot for Atalanta. Right. Right. All right, well, this is going to make Chloe happy because Lazio are in free fall. They lose to... Stop making me out to be a hater on fucking death threats. Uh, Chloe Beresford on. on Twitter. <laughs> like... Come on, come on. They lose to the wonder boy, Roberto De Zerbi, who... Please stop comparing everybody who has, like, possession-based football to Pep, please, because I saw that comparison at oh, least half didn't. a dozen times oh, over the weekend. No. Please stop. Please, just just stop, okay? I don't know whether that match said more about Sassuolo or Lazio, but first off, Inzaghi is back to his ways of moaning a lot, and I don't <laughs> like it. I love it. I love his crankiness. <laughs> like, I, I don't... It doesn't bother me anymore because I just love how cranky he gets. I mean, it's like he just sulks like a child, and it's so funny. 
Like, but and, does and he not and see it coincides with the team on a downward <laughs> trajectory? Yeah. When he starts, the team get worse. Well, maybe he needs to look, because that's what Conte does. And he, he can suck the energy out of a room that's already drained of energy. And, and that never did anybody any favors. And that's what they don't understand, any of these guys, I think. And I think that they need to that they need to be the voice of positivity and give these players confidence and not sit and sulk in the corner. I think that that's exactly what, what Conte does as well uh, mm-hmm. when, when he's at his absolute. Uh, yeah. Sorry, when, when he's at, when he's at his absolute worst, that when um, you know when he starts sulking and it just it becomes a negative spiral and it can easily spiral out of control, and they need to understand that uh, that they need to sometimes you can you can yell you can scream you can sulk, but you also have to remember that you need to change the mentality as well, um, and and I think that's where that, that that's the next step that that Inzaghi needs to take to really become the great manager that we all think I think yeah. agree he could become or already has the talent to be. If you look at it though, no, it's okay. If you if you look at it, it um the after the after the stop, the three month stop, um, the the coaches that have done really, really well are all the ones who've got a good positive attitude. Um Gattuso, uh Gasp, um Deserbi. Purely. Purely, yeah, that was the other one I was trying to think of. Um and I think after a period of, you know, you, you think these footballers, they, they're they very much in their routine during the season. They they go to training, they play a match, they do some recovery, they have a day off, then they start training again for the next match. And they're on this, they're in this bubble, they're in this very set routine and, and that must, you know, keep keep their minds occupied. And then all of a sudden, when you're not expecting it, football is cancelled and you don't know how long for and you're just kind of in this no man's land and then all of a sudden you have to start playing again and I think following that crisis the the ones who have nurtured the players they've they've had a good attitude and said come on we can turn this around and you know galvanize the players are the ones that have done well and the ones that have moaned like containing Zaghi I've done really, really badly since the restart, and I, I do think it's in response to that to that crisis period, that period that wasn't normal for anybody at all. Um, and you know, some of them uh, had the virus as well. Another guy that's doing very well is Ranieri since uh, since the stop, and he's another positive coach. So I do think that is having an effect at the moment. Yeah, that's a great point. I think we have to talk about those Sassuolo because they're they're I think they're rightly starting to get the attention of many through who don't even follow City A that closely, to be honest. So I think it's easy to talk about guys like Boga, who everybody if you watch a Serie A, I mean this is a guy who's captured your attention, incredible dribbler. But again, they're another side who they seem to be getting a lot from these like miscasts who have had problems elsewhere, um, like Toyan. I'm cl- I, I know his agent pretty well. Uh, absolutely failed at Borussia Dortmund. Now he's doing great with Sassuolo. Locatelli, I, I mean, Milan, they, they brushed him out the door. He's doing great now. I mean, Nima, what do you make of the Sassuolo side? Because, again, I, I mean, they're, they're doing fantastic. I mean, we should note that the only other team, except for Atalanta, to have three players who've scored double digits is Sassuolo. 
uh, Caputo, uh, Boga, and uh, what's his name? Who eludes me now? Um, but uh, Berardi. Uh, let me. No, I don't. I, I can't remember if it's Berardi, but I, I remember. Oh, I was looking um, at... oh yeah, you said Caputo already. Sorry. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it, was, it's, it is. Berardi. It is. It is Berardi. It is Berardi. It is Berardi. Yeah. Caputo's like forty-five years old. I mean, we <laughs> want to talk about a late bloomer. My yeah. goodness. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he did so well for Empoli, didn't he? But yes, he did. He I did very well for Empoli. Yeah, I didn't think moving to Sassuolo that he would that he would do as well as he has done, really. I mean, yeah. I guess the only... Um, Sassuolo are top of the form table, by the way, along with Atalanta in the last five games. Um, and the only, the only thing I can think and compare, apart from... Um, Deserbi doing a great job is is the fact that they've got Sassuolo and Atalanta have got their shit together off the pitch. You know they've yes they, they do they own their own um, stadiums and I know uh, Squinzi, the president of Sassuolo, died recently, but I guess his family are, are carrying it on and um, Mape, the company of of Squinzi, is is heavily involved in sponsorship and stuff. And they, you know, they haven't got a massive fan base, but. They they are really well run and and maybe the the cream is rising to the top in that respect uh, in Syria. Mm, for sure, um, I think uh, spe- speaking of um, we- like weirdness, imagine, remember we've said this so many times. Remember a year about a year ago when Juve were thinking of getting rid of Paulo Dybala and now he's turned out to be a, as brilliant as he's ever been, and they've just you know, news breaking now that they're going to give him a new contract and make him the captain. What a difference at 12 months. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Um, so, no, it's just like you say. I mean, it's like you guys say. It's, it's This this season has been weird for so many reasons, and it's a lot of weird stuff has happened. And, and to your point there about the positivity, Chloe, Conte started winning again after he started moaning and started giving TLC to his players and, and his surroundings. I mean, it, it didn't look so good against Hellas. He could have come out and ripped them all a new one, but he didn't. And instead, they came. They showed up against Torino. And yesterday, uh, when we were recording this on a on a Tuesday, and they showed up yesterday, and they really, really did well. Um, and they turned it around. So I think we're really onto something. Yeah, I I don't know what it is, and I blame that Torino loss on for anybody who missed my tweet on this. <laughs> the manager of Torino, uh, Moreno Longo. <laughs> He tweeted out, or he put it on Instagram, I think, a picture of like a stain on a wall. And he goes, oh, Padre Pio appeared to me. (laughs) Get out of here. Get out of here. Go look at my tweet. Go look at my tweet. He put it on Instagram. So um, maybe he didn't pray hard enough, but Torino, Chloe, you you talked about him long ago, some time ago. What in the hell were they thinking of pointing this guy? I don't know. Okay, so you... You clearly have, I'm on the record as saying Mazzari is a guy I despise for many reasons. Mm, Most of them don't even have anything to do with the way he plays football. I just think he's, as a human, I I just think he's a whatever. But my God, they're they're barely above, they're barely above the relegation zone. They play horrible football. They play dreadful football. And they appoint a manager who looks like he has no idea what in the world he is doing. He looks so out of his depth. I genuinely feel bad for him. Yeah, I just, I think um, they must have got him because he was cheap or something. I, <laughs> I, I have no idea why they appointed him and why they thought he might be able to do a good job. But he, he's just not got, 
he's just not got the right experience. He's not proven he's, you know, the biggest club he's been at is Frosinone and that was only for one year. I just, there was surely so many better options to to see the rest of the season out in a fairly smooth fashion, even if you want to to bring someone else in for the start of next season. But that is just a, a totally bizarre appointment. I don't know if they thought they found the new Deserbi or something, but... <laughs> I really would like to see, speaking of that, I would really like to see Padre Pioli himself uh, take uh, take over take over Torino next season. Yeah, I really Padre would like Pioli. to see him. No, but <laughs> yeah, I, really, I really, really, really would like to see him do that. I, I think he could do a job there. Um uh, I think that's like I think that's his level, and I think that that you know, given how he is as a person and positivity and all that, I think he could do a good job there, uh, because he's not staying at Milan. It's clear that it's Rangnick who's taking over, and they're talk. You know, we've spoken about in the past how disrespectful that is to Pioli and the team that's there. But it seems that, like you were talking about last week, uh, last episode, last week, that Ibrahimovic is not happy with how life is going. Oh, that that interview was hilarious. It really was. It, it's so I love when he's in that mood. <laughs> you know when he's in that talking about himself in the third person and yeah. I'm doing and I'm and I'm doing everything here uh, from president to player but I only get paid for being a player. <laughs> yeah, I okay. So the thing is people I can see both sides of it. It's like, okay, guy, you're you're 38 years old. You still refer to yourself in the third person. Let's <laughs> let's dial it back a little bit. But first off, it's also the year 2020 you can't really take everything he says seriously which is it's funny to see people get oh my god right that's it exactly but he is speaking the truth when i think at the heart of what he was trying to get at was this whole thing with Danik has been ridiculous it's been played out and i don't think there's anybody who would disagree with that i mean they still haven't even appointed the guy yet yeah I mean, what are you doing? And then you have to trot Maldini out there before the matches to give these awkward interviews, knowing full well he's not going to be a part of the project moving forward. It's the same thing with the sporting director, Masara. I mean, could this have been mismanaged any worse? Not even if you tried it. Like, not even if you did it on purpose could you make a bigger mess. Uh, And that's why I think so much credit should be given to Pioli for what he's doing. I think he's just doing it to piss them off right now. (laughs) <laughs> He's like, right, right. I'll yes, show yeah. you. But yeah. the, the fact is that next season, if um, P- uh, Pioli and who am I thinking of? The previous guy, Gianpaolo. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, I had a mental blank there. If Pioli and Gianpaolo don't get a job with another club and Rangnick is in charge, they're effectively going to be paying three coaches next season. Mm. Because mm. Giampaolo and Pioli were both appointed on two-year deals. Why did they do that if they were going to bring in Rangnick? It just makes no sense. It just it just highlights the point that they don't know what they're doing and there's no real plan. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, what Scaroni and Gazidis are doing in terms of the business side is pretty pretty good and, and in terms of the stadium and that. But they don't. they seem clueless as to how to run a sporting project. And, and I think that's why I think I think one of the good things that one of the many good things Suning have done is to have a CEO for the sporting side, Marotta, and have a CEO for the business and corporate side, Antonello. So they, they work with completely different things, but they work next to each other. But the thing I find most weird is 
Ranjik, we don't know if he's the manager, if he's the sporting director, if he's a director of football, technical director, whatever title it may be. I, I just find the whole thing weird because Gadzidis, didn't he try this with Wenger and Arsenal? Yeah, and what did that work out? Yeah, exactly. It that, was that, terrible. Is, that ended well, didn't it? <laughs> well, I, I guess what an antiquated footballing model that is. I, I would think most of the clubs are in England. They're actually trying to do what. We can't say this too often, but they're trying to adopt more of a model of what they're doing in the city. Ah, right. I mean, we see all these clubs trying to appoint a a, a sporting director. Mm. It's just weird to me that that Gazidis would see (laughs) some sort of value in having that model in the city. Ah, I I really don't don't understand it. it. I don't get it at all. It's just why would you get somebody to do? both job i mean apart from anything it gives them too much power doesn't it i mean if they they sign all the players that they want themselves to play and then if if that if that guy fails you you're not only you've got to pay the rest of his contract up you're stuck with a load of players that the new guy isn't going to want it it just makes no sense Mm, agreed yeah, I, I don't understand it at all. And again, the way it is played out, if it was any other guy other than Maldini, I'd say, all right, whatever, just chalk it up to mismanagement. Yeah. But yeah. this has been nothing short of a colossal failure, which is a shame because they've done extremely well following the break. Um, For sure. It's just, For sure. I, I, I don't Rebic, understand. Rebic, Rebic is looking so down darn good. And Benacer, God, I love him. What a player he is. Um, and we it talk really about... I mean, talk about the right player in, in the right position. I mean, Milan have got, you know, and, and the thing is, they need to sort that redemption clause out. He's only 50, 60 million, something like that. And with, uh, you know, with Donnarumma's contract, I mean, I think for me, for, if I were Milan, I'd make sure just to sort that situation out first. Yeah. Uh, before, before you know, trying to buy other players, because that needs to be removed. You need to raise Ben Acer's minimum release clause to at least twice as much as that. Or remove, or remove it. Perfect segue, because talking about sorting things out, Chloe, you got a front row seat to watch Amrabat of Verona. Wow. Put on. I Oh, man. Yeah. I, there's so few wow. that we could say about this guy. Wow. He, if Now, listen. Nima and I especially have a very um, unique relationship with Verona, not only as a team, but <laughs> the stadium, <laughs> city, mm. Entire region of Veneto, I guess you could say at this point, um, even though I'm, I'm from there. <laughs> um, they don't play this great football, which is weird because Joric, their manager, he is a Gasparini prodigy, I guess you could call him. They don't have anywhere near the flashy players that Atalanta have or players with anywhere near the technical ability that Atalanta possess. But Amrabat, oh my God. I, so good. Chloe, I, I think... Fiorentina, regardless of this season, you bring Amrabat back, and I really genuinely think you have five to six pieces that you could build off that can make a genuine race for the Champions League next season. I, I really do think that. Yeah, I think I think uh, having Amrabat, and if they can get the coach right, uh, make the right appointment, I am... Um, Get rid of sulking Federico Chiesa, who is just, at this point, an annoyance. Hold on. I have to interrupt you. (laughs) 
they're 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 not actually thinking about appointing Daniela De Rossi, right? That no, that, that I don't know where that rumor came from. Well, it was it was so the Marzio think... guys who put it out, and I was like, I couldn't believe my eyeballs when I saw that. that no, they... I mean, maybe maybe they had a conversation, maybe maybe they spoke. I don't know. Maybe it was with a view to him coaching the youth team, or I don't know how it's become distorted, but I I really don't think that that's what they're planning to do. And um, I can see, in some ways, I can see the thinking behind appointing, going for somebody that's different because they've tried the same old, same old people. You you just don't want to go around that merry-go-round again. Um, but, and and Fiorentina are not at the point where they could, even though they, they've, they're backed by money, they, they couldn't really get somebody top level. So maybe... It was a sort of a, a, a thinking out loud, out of the box kind of moment. But you know, he, he's got no—he's not even got his coaching badges. So no, um, yeah. Mm. No, I mean, I, for I, me, I for me, the way I look at it, I think you know, Amrabat, Castrovilli, Pulgar, and if it's true that they want Nangolan, I mean, that's Milankovic. Milankovic, I love him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the the Lirola, and I think. To me, this this is more and more, and I'm not again. I'm not trolling you. I honestly think Spalletti could do an absolutely brilliant job. Yeah, there. yeah. Like after I'm all, really not trolling after you. everything, really not trolling you know, you. At, at the moment, at the moment where Fiorentina are, you think, okay, with all his antics, he's he's not exactly the guy to win you the league. But that's not what Fiorentina are looking to do right now. Like he probably. In all, it's going to annoy the shit out of me. It really is. But <laughs> Amrabat, Pulgar. I mean, Jesus, that is a damn good starting mm. point in the middle of the pitch. Oh. I, I, For me, it would be absolute footballing assault, crimes, whatever, to appoint De Rossi. I genuinely uh, think that yeah. you have a good base here. Mm. And you don't even have to bring in huge names. I think you just need complementary pieces. I agree. Sure. Okay, you sell you sell, you sell Chiesa. I mean, that could get you two to three very good players that you could insert into the starting eleven right away. Again, Petzela, Milenkovic, Dragowski. I, I mean, you're pretty much set at the back. I, I just I don't you need a proven goal scorer more than anything. Yes, yes. Just don't, don't. Dude, De Rossi, just don't. Dude, no, please, I, please don't. I, I think it's so. not up to me. <laughs> the no, pe- no, I know. I'm just saying the pieces yeah. are there. I, I, I think people are looking at, people are looking at this Fiorentina side, and they're looking at where they are on their table and think, oh my god, they're shit. They're, they're not. They're, they're really not. They have a lot of pieces there that they can build upon. I think, I think having De Rossi at Fiorentina is some people's idea of a hipster dream. I think that's oh, what it is. Come on. You know, Marco it's not. Rose. I think they, they are Rose, a real football like club. You can't one. just experiment. <laughs> no, for sure. No, I mean, for me, when you're when talking football hipster, there's no bigger name in management than Marco Rose. Like, oh, come on. It's, to me, that's just a, such a hipster name to go with. But I mean, he's doing well, so why not? Let's. I just wanted to talk about the I, my fetish, as you call it, the relegation. Oh, race. Damn it. I knew it. Come on. <laughs> it, it's hard. It's already it's, set, okay? Yeah, it is. Kyle's going down. Lecce's going down. Lecce are going down. Lecce, yeah, but, Genoa are only yeah. one point ahead of Lecce. Yeah, right exactly. I was just going to say, and it's looking really exciting between them. I think it's the, the Lecce-Genoa thing is going to be really exciting. 
is going to be. This seems like ancient history, but was I correct? I wasn't in a coma or in a dream when Genoa appointed Tiago Malta this season, right? No, that actually happened? No, no, that happened. The 361. Um, <laughs> Should I just want to from 2020? I just want to say that this weekend, on Sunday, at half past seven CET, Genoa play Lecce. I'm not going to be missing that. Uh, oh. For for all the yeah. For yeah. all yeah. the wine. tune in, very brilliant football. <laughs> Come on, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be really exciting, uh, and it's a nice tribute to Roma Inter. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, everyone. Well, there you have it for the relegation race, and yeah, that match is on <laughs> Sunday. I'm sure that'll be a real cracker. So <laughs> we, we, we'll be we'll be back next week. We'll discuss everything that has happened this past week. So as always, continue to like, subscribe. It really helps us. Leave us reviews. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. So talk to you next week. Bye-bye.